You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Um, Our theme music is a clip of Summer Nights by the Eric Jones Trio. It's provided by our friend Mark Chesanow, who plays with the Eric Jones Trio every Thursday and Sunday at Good Times Jazz Bar downtown. Hey everyone, welcome to Arts on the Air. This is Tamara Garvey and I have the pleasure of sitting with photographer Anna Youngbird. Welcome Anna. Hi, thanks for having me. Of course, so glad to have you. We're sitting in her lovely studio in Sulphur Studios. Um, so Anna is a freelance photographer and mixed media artist and she's a recent SCAD grad in commercial photography. I'll read a little blurb from her site. Um, and I, I love the way that you phrase this. It was very quirky, so I really want to <laughs> talk to you about little bits of this. Anna is a forward-thinking, hardworking, and inquisitive artist. She's the first to introduce herself, the first to think, and the first to solve a problem. Her fulfillment in life is to bring joy to others. What better way to do that than taking some kick-ass photos? <laughs> I was really struck by when you say she is the first to introduce herself. Can you talk a little bit about what that means to you as far as art? Yeah, I think... I, why be scared? Why not introduce yourself to someone? Why not shoot your shot? Um, I think it's just kind of who I am. I'm a very outgoing person, I think. And I think I'm the first, I don't know, I'm just the first to introduce myself. I'm the first one, if everyone's scared to do something, to go, to go do the hard work. Yeah. To go, you know, not that jumping off a cliff is a thing you should do, but if everyone else is scared, I'll go jump off the cliff first. Yeah. It's fine. Like when a group is forming, if a leader needs to emerge, you would do that? Yeah, I don't know what I'd do that. I think I'm definitely like a mom and one to rally people. I just like, I like people. Yeah. And I like talking to people. I think it's fun. I think it's, I'm interested in people easily. And so why not go and introduce myself and start a conversation? What's the worst that can happen? Well, the rallying thing kind of makes sense. I'd imagine on photo shoots that you might have like a few people kind of working for you Mm -hmm. and then also the subject of your photography. So you kind of have to be good at putting people at ease right away, right? Yeah, that's what I love about photography. I love having to, and in in the best way I mean this, present myself in a certain frame or a certain frame of mind to make the person across from me most comfortable Mm. in the fastest amount of time possible because sometimes you're not going to have a lot of time on shoots. And so you want to be good with people and you want to be nice and kind and comfortable and show that you're comfortable with this brand new person who has never worked worked with you, probably doesn't know exactly what your vision is, Mm. only that you need their help um and it's a relationship it's a very quick relationship you have to form yeah so you have to be really quick about I guess reading people of how yeah I think like how exuberant to be with them or how you might bond with them seriously am I hey how's it going or like hi thank you so much for coming yeah are you relaxed (laughs) are you professional um because sometimes you can feel people's worries or if someone's really excited to do something or a lot of times if I'm working with freshmen or sophomores um they might not have as much experience Mm. and so you need to be able to give them direction you need to be able to make them feel comfortable and a part of the team as you create these things yeah I love that this kind of touches on there's a question that comes up in a lot of these interviews where people talk about whether they consider themselves to be extroverted or introverted Mm -hmm. I think most artists would think that they're they would say that they're introverted just because you it lends itself to spending long periods of time alone working on your art and then you know you always have to have some 
extroverted part with whether you're selling it like a craft show or doing a gallery opening or something where you have to like force yourself to do that mm-hmm. so I was wondering if, if you what you consider yourself to be oh I'm a total extrovert yeah. <laughs> I'm a total extrovert I think I used to be an introvert in high school and then I but I didn't really have friends and I didn't really like the people that I hung out with um or that I just wasn't used to being around creatives mm. and so once I found my people in Savannah oh my gosh I'm an extrovert <laughs> And I think it lends to my creativity in the sense of, again, I really enjoy people and other people's energies and getting to know someone, chatting, hanging out, being collaborative and creative. Yeah. And so I bring it with me into photography. This, and we'll, we'll touch on this obviously later on, but so day to day, are you, are most of your days spent around other people or are you kind of working alone a lot of days? Oh yeah. So I do photography on the side. I am um, a travel agent from my nine to five and I have to fake it till I make it Okay. every single day. <laughs> travel agent. It's very customer service. I'm still super new and you have these clientele who need you to know exactly what you're doing. And so a lot of it is just, am I... <laughs> Am I your little granddaughter? Am I, is that the role I'm playing? <laughs> yeah. Or am I a serious agent? Or And just kind of... Putting them at ease, too. Yeah, putting them at ease as mm-hmm. well. And being like, okay, I can take care of you. I can take care of your trip. Don't worry, I got this. Is that a lot of phone conversations or a lot of emailing? Um, I think it's a lot of emailing and mm-hmm. actually a lot of face-to-face, too. Oh, it is? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Phone comes in as well. I definitely have. I've been told I have a phone voice. You have a lovely voice. This is going to sound so great for people listening. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay. Well, you kind of touched on that when you got to Savannah and you feel like you really found your tribe. And I did want to talk to you about just so you came to Savannah for to go to SCAD, right? Mm-hmm. Was that around 2017? Mm-hmm. Okay. How did you uh, How did you decide to come here? Did you come? Did you love the city? Did you love the school? Yeah, it was actually um, actually my sister went to SCAD. Oh, cool. And she's six years older than me. And so I first came to Savannah and saw SCAD when I was like 12. Wow. And ever since then, I was like, oh, this is the only school that I want to go to. That's so cool. So, so she had fully come through and finished by the time you were here. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Came through, finished. She moved right off into New York City, got wow. a job, stayed there for like 10 years. So when you came here, were you already thinking photography? Yeah, I think I was. I... There were many different moments in my life that a camera came into play Mm. when I was younger and then a little bit when I was in middle school, I think, and I kind of forgot about it. And as I got into high school realizing, okay, I have to go to school, I have to do something that I love and that I like, hey, remember photography? (laughs) (laughs) And I kind of, oh my gosh, I just dived in since I got to SCAD. So, yeah, you probably, like most people, you didn't go to a high school where it was, like, really, really encouraged to be delving into different art forms. So maybe it wasn't at the top of your mind until you, like you said, thought back to what you actually loved when you were younger. Yeah, well, any art class, I I remember I hated art classes because any art class I had, we'd be drawing one week. Mm. We'd be doing charcoal. We'd be painting. And so I never found my medium. Yeah, Yeah, those traditional things wasn't Yeah, those traditional things don't really work. Yeah, yeah. Did you, so when you were young and you were experimenting with photography, what kind of cameras were 
What was the technology for you then? The technology for me was my sister's beat up Nikon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was it a digital camera or a film camera? It was a digital camera. Okay, cool. So I came to Scout and everyone here shoots film. Interesting. I, a lot of people shoot film. Huh. Digital is great. But I grew up on digital. So I feel like such a such a green bean, I'll say, when it comes to film <laughs> and things like that. And so it's actually something I'm trying to work on. I've grown my collection of film cameras. But it's so interesting shooting with a friend who shoots film yeah. versus someone who shoots digital because they shoot two completely different ways. Like they would be very sparing with how many photos. Yes, they would be very sparing, very meticulous, setting up the shot, Yeah, looking again, triple checking, clicking once. It's, pre- <laughs> it's precious. It's precious. And so it's such a different way to think about photography where I grew up with a digital camera mm. of, oh, I can take thousands of photos in like five minutes. Well, I'm so surprised to hear you say that a lot of your fellow students at SCAD were doing film because everybody, you know, is the same age as you and they've all grown up with the digital things. So, or did they grow up with like very artistic parents who gave them film cameras? I'm so curious about this now. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know if I've ever asked my friends that. Mm. I think film has come back in style with Polaroid cameras. Yeah. Polaroid cameras, the look the last couple years in digital photography is all film, fake film, and also a mixture of real oh. film for people shooting with it. Like like the the editing process or whatever that you'd put a digital photo through is kind of meant to make it look as if it's a film photo? Yes, exactly. Okay. And I'll admit, there might be some hate for this, I love the look of digitally editing my photos to look like film mm. because I get the perks of shooting digitally and the aesthetic of fake light leaks, yeah, light leaks, that uh, rain, <laughs> you know, dust marks, things like that. I have an app on my phone called Fuji. Mm-hmm. Is that specifically Fuji. just to make I it look like film, Fuji. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when you take a photo, you it has to like quote unquote develop for a few seconds, and then you see what it looks like. Yeah. And yeah, it'll have a little what did you call it? like little light trails light leaks, across yeah. it. Yeah. It looks great. I do. I mean, I miss the look of it too. Yeah, it's a vibe. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I, it's really funny that it's like first that there was the technology of film, and then the technology of digital, and then like the uber technology of like the digital to make it like like that we're kind of acknowledging that film was like aesthetically the nicest Mm -hmm. but that it had some drawbacks and so now you can just like you said get the best of both worlds yeah take what you want leave what you don't shoot digital make it look like film shoot film make it look like digital (laughs) do whatever you need I always think about this also like when I talk to people who are doing animation at SCAD because when I grew up um all the like Disney movies you know were 2D animation like the old like Alice in Wonderland and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then now everything is so three-dimensional animation. But I feel like there's sometimes people enter the animation program at SCAD and they're like old-timey holdouts and they still want to do 2D animation. So yeah. it's like, yeah, kind of a similar thread. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, so, so your major was commercial photography? Yes. So did you have, um, what is, how does that work? Do you have like a smattering of all different photo classes at the beginning and then you specialize? Yeah, so after your foundations class with SCAD, you'll take kind of your basic how to work a camera class, and then you can either not declare really a program, right? There's documentary, there's fine art, there's commercial. Mm. You can take a little smattering of every class. Um, 
I went in straight into commercial photography and you build that by learning your history of photographers, learning the studio, um, just really experimenting and trying different projects. Mm -hmm. Did your, um, the cameras and equipment that you used, did that kind of evolve as you went through your program? Did you discover things? Yeah, definitely. I used to only shoot, I remember in high school, end of high school, I would only shoot natural light Hmm. with just my basic camera and always outside. Now I love the studio. I love the control of the lights. I love having equipment. Really, It's something, it's an added bonus that I love about photography is working with my hands and putting the lights together, breaking stuff down, Hmm. building backgrounds or finding fabrics different different things like that I think now I shoot with my big boy camera um, (laughs) that I saved up for and got I think two years ago which is just a beast and then is it like physically very big yeah I mean I can show you it's in this bag Um, it's a cute bag and we also and I should say while you're getting that out we were talking earlier about your equipment where you have this big light stand, and then the, the thing that I'm going to call a white umbrella, mm-hmm. but... The, yeah, an umbrella. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and you mentioned it's just really cool how it's sort of, you can use it both ways, or it's either concave or convex and control the light in different ways. It's really cool. That's a, I mean, that is a real departure from if you used to just go outside with natural lighting. Yeah, I think it's a staple of any photographer in something is using one light. and seeing how much you can use with just one light. Is that just like a theoretical thing that people like to do for purism, or there's a reason for it? No, there's the reason for it is we're all broke. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The reason for it is usually you you just get one and you see, you make it work, and you bounce light off of walls, or you use black cards or white cards or shiny reflectors. All playing around. Um, And you see what you can make out of it, yeah. Where did you get your light from? Uh, Amazon. Okay. <laughs> Amazon is the best. Well, actually, I'll say B and H. I buy a lot of that oh, yeah. from B and H. Do they do? Do they like develop film there too? Or do they? You know, I don't know. But Savannah has um, Bay Cameras, and okay, on Happersham, and they develop film. So I drop my film there off all the time. It's cool. And I know that's where all my student friends and SCAD friends. It's really nice to have a local place. Like oh that. my gosh, yeah. Is that a family-owned place? It seems like, because it's just in that little shopping center. I don't know, but it's, a small place. it's been there a while. That's very cool. It's definitely been there a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So your camera, your big boy camera, do you, yeah, are you. there different lenses? I do have a couple lenses. Okay. Oh, your case has so many compartments. <laughs> this is my big boy camera. Oh, I love it. So it's a Lumix? It's a Lumix S1R. Okay. And I have a 24 to 105 millimeter lens on here. It's just, you can feel it, it's heavy. <laughs> it is, oh, it is heavy. But I love the design of it and the grip. Um, so what are the benefits, well. when you start getting nicer and nicer cameras, what, what is the benefit about that? Um, I think the benefit about it, depending commercial wise, you kind of want a lot of quality because if you're printing really big, you're gonna want everything to look crisp, so you're gonna want a camera with lots of sensor or a good amount of sensors. Okay. Um, you can shoot full frame or crop sensor, and I believe mirrorless as well, which is all about the internal um, 
internal body of the camera. Basically, essentially, there's a screen that flips up and lets the light hit the sensor, mm -hmm. and that's where you hear kind of the, the the shutter. And so you have a lot of different options. I think this one's a mirrorless, and those are coming back in style. Okay. In the sense of, let me just think. Mechanically, how the camera shoots. Yeah. A lot of like Nikon, Canon. This is a little. This is old compared to the new ones they have that are super light and super powerful. Yeah. But I think a lot of people say this. It's just a tool. It kind of no matter if you get the really cheap one or the really expensive one, it more so matters how you use it. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So for you, it's mostly it's just very technically that it has a lot of sensors and so it can make a really big file size. Yeah, so I definitely up. wanted something if I wanted to do a huge print or paint on it or mix yeah. it or something like that. I would want it to be able to print out. And then, you know, shoot big. I want to shoot some billboards, so. <laughs> I love that. Thinking really big. Yeah, exactly. How did you, so when you got to the end of SCAD, did you have some kind of final show or project or anything like that? You know, I wish I did. I didn't. Yeah. I really didn't. I think I enjoyed my last year and quarter at SCAD. Um just trying to figure out, I feel like all my life at SCAD is just trying to figure out who I am as an artist. I think I'm still on that path. And what I like and what I want to shoot, a lot of times people will come out of the gate with their aesthetic and their look. And I don't think I've ever been able to put down the camera and, and settle on one edit or one look. Yeah. And so I'm, I don't think I had the confidence to have a show at the end of the oh, okay. at the quarter. Okay. You still felt like you were just really evolving. Yeah. Still. I think still figuring it out. And so I'd rather spend time on figuring it out than yeah. showing something. Did you so it feels unfinished? When I look at your site it seems it's a really a mix of like kind of product photography and portraits. Mm-hmm. Is so as uh, that that's all counted as commercial photography? Like are the portraits yeah. to showcase makeup or what like what are those? Yeah, it's all it's a mixture. Um Product-wise, commercially, for a brands that I want to work with, websites, people who need photos like that, you're going to want, that's things that involve Photoshop, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of editing, good lighting, things like that. Commercially, I think you're using, you're shooting to make a product look good. You're shooting to make a person look the best that they are. Um, it's almost... A fantasy in a sense of you right whoever we yeah. see on magazines it doesn't look like that products the food products you see the burger actually doesn't look yeah. like that burger on the TV you never get the food that looks like you it. never get the food that looks like <laughs> the food and I really love editing and manipulating so that was just so much fun for me I could spend hours on the computer mm. retouching skin or making whatever fake hair is that, <laughs> I love that. So did you spend a lot of time at SCAD where people kind of like pose, like modeling for each other's photo shoots? Is that a big part? Yeah, you kind of get a community quickly because a lot of, at least for myself, social media is such a big thing. Hmm. And Instagram, you find models through who your friends use and you send someone else a DM yeah. and you see if they're available or if their friends want to do it. So I just remember stalking people on Instagram some nights after projects because I'm like, oh, I need models. Like, who can I? <laughs> oh, this girl was in Jenna's photo. Okay, this girl was in Aspen's photo. Let me find her. And 
I'm sorry, what was the question again? Oh, but... so yeah, I didn't know if it was necessarily if it was just like your fellow students or specifically models. No, specifically models. Okay. And SCAD's amazing. There's a SCAD model page that mm. I use a lot as well for new students who want to get into the modeling career and things like that. Yeah. Um, it's a great resource. And then also, SCAD is SCAD, so some of the kids that you work with are our actual models yeah. <laughs> their weekends are in New York yeah they're, they have their agency in their bio on Instagram <laughs> like did you have a lot of crossover in the fashion department then like as you were getting into your major was it I did working with them and shooting things there yeah I had friends who were fashion majors who wanted to shoot with me and also again through social media in the SCAD networking I don't think you should ever be afraid to DM another artist yeah. or a SCAD student and try and collaborate. <laughs> so I think with a lot of people, it, it happens organically if you reach out to them or they reach out to you. Mm. Mm. I love that. And then you, so you graduated and you stayed in Savannah. Was that always your plan? Like, so you graduated in 2021, right? Yeah, I graduated in 20, or let's see, I actually, it's 23, I actually graduated in summer of 2022 because okay. I stopped for a year during COVID, and yeah, I just stayed in Savannah and worked. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna ask. I mean, that's yeah, crazy. That was a huge wrench. So kind of all of twenty twenty. Yeah, all of twenty twenty, I was not in school. Yeah, <laughs> I think, and I'm super happy about it. I otherwise I would have graduated without a ceremony and using my senior thesis would be yeah. the lights in my bedroom. So. Yeah, I know it seems like it would be such a compromise as far as just the equipment you have and what you could do and for your whole things is working around other people you wouldn't have been able to do that yeah exactly yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah so so you graduated and you were so you I, always wanting to stay here so I graduated I'm no I'm not always wanting to stay here I think I wanted to give myself a year here to think of what I want I think of what I want from life where I want to be as an artist mm. and use it as a jumping off point to where I want to be next. Okay. Mm-hmm. I looked I looked on your um your LinkedIn cuz I'm Oh, really? Good okay. I forgot about my LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah, you probably hadn't updated it in a while, but you had it there was a job that you had during SCAD that you were a freelance photographer for Lock Clay accessories. Oh, yeah, that's Is that right? right. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me about that? Yeah. Um oh my gosh. Shout out Deanna. Um Essentially, it was a company that my my uh high school soccer trainer has started it's a great company she does kind of mantra wristbands as well as key necklaces and it's a great message behind it but she needed a photographer and I was happy enough to shoot my shot and get her uh, give her some photos and just kind of get my feet in the water and she was so gracious enough to let me so you do that from here yeah, I did. I would do that from here. I would get SCAD students um, and just send her the photos every month. So she would send you kind of the products or the objects and then yes. how much of a discussion was it about, like, like how directive was she about it and what she, she wanted was, from you? She was pretty directive. She definitely knew what she wanted. We would, we would chat about it. Um, a lot of times with jobs or clients like that you have to be on the same page because it is a brand Mm. and you want to shoot in the brand style and a lot of that can just be showing reference photos I love a good reference photo or visuals to show people of exactly what I want because even if it 
seems like copying, what I'm going to shoot is going to not turn out to be that. Right. It might be the essence of the idea, but it'll be something completely different. Yeah, for sure. So we definitely had discussions about what she wanted. And, you know, she was great at giving me feedback as well. Yeah. So I would get that feedback, I'd adjust, and we'd shoot the next month. That's such a good experience. Yeah, it was really wonderful. Did you, as you were talking, I was kind of thinking, it was a lot of, like, part of your degree was it, it was looking at, like, the history of photography and looking at different eras and different famous photographers and understanding different styles and things? Yeah, a lot of it is knowing your photographers and knowing um, kind of the background and history. I think a lot of it was also exploring creatively creatively and visually what made a photo good hmm. um, and how can you replicate that how can you be the person that makes a photo a great photo you know what avenue what path do you have to take experiment with um, pull from other artists that you've learned from yeah to get that by the end of your scat experience are there certain elements of design like composition and I guess like color balance and mm. I don't know aspects of like whether things are sharp or are out of focus are there certain aspects of those that are like kind of your key things that you really focus on definitely definitely I am a girl of color color I always think about the colors that I'm trying to incorporate or at least I'm trying to be more conscious about the colors that I incorporate in photos mm. it really comes to play in um, my editing because you have, you have red channels, green channels, and blue channels. Um, your shadows, your midtones, your highlights. And so I can adjust the highlight on your cheek to be a little colder mm-hmm. or a little warmer. And since, um, you know, blue versus red, maybe I make the highlight on your cheek red, but the shadow of your hair, or the highlight on your cheek blue, but the shadow of your hair is red. Oh, to the minuscule amount. Yeah. And it just creates, you don't notice it if you're not looking for it or if you don't. You know, you watch a movie, you don't think about how it's edited. You look no. at a photo, you don't really think about the Photoshop of it all. It's, I think people definitely don't think that you're that you're tweaking to that degree, where not just the highlight is lighter or darker, and that the shadow is lighter or darker, but the color of it as Yeah, well. the color of it is different. Um, I don't have any of my photos up here, but this is all my inspiration board. But you can look at photos and even filters on your phone. Uh, they're warm, they're cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you have um is the do you have kind of a couple or one or two photographers in particular that you like or would you yeah. look at do you mostly look at commercial photographers or might you look at fine art photographers too like is there as far I as your inspiration I look at um I guess commercial photographers yeah I guess commercial photographer Petra Collins is a wonderful photographer um she just has such a fantasy about her photos a little bit and mm. nostalgia, the way she uses the light. I think it's so funny because I my photos look nothing like Petra Collins, um, but I can appreciate it and practice those aspects yeah. and evolve from them. Maybe it's mm-hmm. like yours are fantasy and they're really color based, but just in a different direction. Yeah, it's a different it's just fantasy. In a direction. Yeah, I love uh, the well, my goal when shooting is to make you feel like the coolest person ever. Hmm. I think that would just be a great result to have at the end of every photo That's shoot. a good sort of tagline for you as a photographer. Yeah. Making you feel like the coolest ever. I also like earlier you said something about shooting your shot, and I was like, 
Is she meaning to keep saying these puns on photography? <laughs> am I? I guess I am. <laughs> but I feel like a good tagline is just shoot your shot. Yeah, shoot your shot. <laughs> um, okay, well, this is probably a good time. We're going to take a little break and have some station announcements. And I'm here with Anna Youngbird, local photographer, and we will be back. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul. Trees are one of Chatham County's most treasured natural resources. Beyond their beauty and cultural significance, the impact of trees are far-reaching and compounding, spanning from economic benefits to health improvements to climate change resilience. Trees are woven into every aspect of our lives. Savannah Tree Foundation protects and grows Chatham County's urban forest through tree planting, community engagement, and advocacy. More information is available at savannatree.org. This portion of WRUU's programming is brought to you by listeners and by Brighter Day Natural Foods. Brighter Day Natural Foods has been serving Savannah's healthy food and supplement needs since 1978. It is located at the corner of Bull Street and Park Avenue. They have online ordering and curbside delivery available. And now a walk-up window for smoothies, juices, and sandwiches from the deli. They are open from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. on Sunday. More information can be found at brighterdayfoods.com. What does it mean when we say that WRUU is a community radio station? It doesn't just mean that we invite the community to create programming. And it doesn't just mean that we're a voice for the community. It also means that we're counting on the community to keep us going. And you are the community. Almost all of our modest budget comes from small annual or monthly donations from listeners like you. You get to enjoy our community-focused programming because many others have stepped forward to do their part. Now do your part by joining our community of listener donors. Go to WRUU.org right now and make a one-time or monthly donation. And thank you for supporting Savannah's community radio station, 107.5 FM. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Arts on the Air. I'm Tamara Garvey, and I have local freelance photographer and mixed media artist Anna Youngbird. Welcome back, Anna. Hi, thanks for having me back. Of course. Um, so before we went to the break, we were we were kind of just getting to the end of your SCAD career and that you had this freelance photography client that you'd gotten while you were in SCAD and so it was sort of like launching you into your current my, profession. Yeah, my entrepreneurial Your entrepreneurial world. world. <laughs> yeah, so can you talk a little bit about um, since graduating, how it's going with finding clients and what the balance is like of, of your day and how the business is going in general? Yeah, definitely. Um, Post-SCAD, I find clients mainly, honestly, through word of mouth. Um, Instagram's a great thing as well. I've done my, I've done a couple shoots for a juicery company, you know, a soapery brand, a soap brand, a lot of little stuff and a lot of just yeses to any opportunity that comes. Okay. Um, shooting product lines, shooting headshots, things like that. Are you reaching out mostly, is it people in Savannah or just anywhere? A lot of it is in Savannah. Okay. I think I'm. it's harder to reach outside of Savannah. A lot of it would be in Savannah, 
and with just local businesses I think there's such yeah. a niche and people want to hire creatives they want to hire SCAD kids as well and it's a great community to reach out and reach into and really make the jobs happen in yeah. a sense because everyone needs photos and if you pitch yourself if you pitch yourself right and the door is open and the opportunity comes you'll find it yeah it looks mm -hmm. like so your work is it's it's a lot of like i said either portraits or like products it looks like a lot of kind of cosmetics but as we're talking about this i'm thinking of how many like artists and crafters there are in savannah and people need product photography for that as well like yeah you know, for your website so I don't know if that's a whole avenue of people you could reach out to. <laughs> well, there's like, what, there's stuff I want to do and there's just stuff where people pay me to do. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You might end up just trading them for like macrame. Yeah. Macrame. <laughs> macrame pieces. Things like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you take us through sort of a typical, like say a shoot from start to finish? Can you do that? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yeah. A shoot from start to finish obviously starts with a concept. It starts with an idea. For me, it kind of shoot, starts with um, a reference photo or I'll have just a photo pop, a specific photo pop into my mind mm. that I want to recreate. And it, we kind of lean into it from there and, and start planning. And um, as a photographer, you wear so many different hats. I am sometimes the stylist. I'm sometimes the art director. I'm definitely the editor. Yeah. I'm definitely the director. Um, Are you the location the scout? I'm definitely the location scout as okay. well. I'm the, the virtual assistant that puts all the documents together, things like that. And so you build from it. It's kind of, it's easy to break down. And that's the only way I'll stay sane is you start with finding your team and finding your stylist, finding anyone who's free and extra hand to hold a light or hold a reflector okay and everyone on a team is a godsend because it just it takes one part of your brain that's already divided and gives it back to you to focus on photography oh yeah mm -hmm. how many people so in your ideal situation how many people would you have on your team for a shoot oh my god like six at least okay that would be so much fun yeah it's honestly normally um just me sometimes wow yeah are you do they end up being sort of half of them inside in your studio and half outside yeah definitely yeah. I like to switch it up okay this is, studio is so small sometimes I really only can fit one light so if we go on a walk or something or go to the park things like that okay and then how long is the actual shoot taking Ooh, um depends on the shoot if it's commercial at least four hours okay yeah if it's just a quick weekend that I want to get some photos in probably two what is so the commercial shoot that's taking at least four hours is this like the models having to do lots of different things yeah well that's yeah. normally if you're in a studio that's the the shortest block of time you can basically sign out okay so at SCAD you had um well I think at max four hours but you we would always want more time we always need more time yeah. so four hours is just the good amount from setting up showing up you people need breaks you know people need to eat you yeah. have to look at the photos and make sure the direction is going in your um the way you want it to be viewed and then also people want a lot for a little so you kind of have to pack it all in 
pack in what looks like five days of shooting into two days of shooting. Okay. You know? Like the client might want you to, tr- they're like, I think that I want it to look like XYZ, but can you also just try these five other yeah. things as well just to see? Exactly. Does it always end up being just the original thing that they wanted? Yes. Is that, but they almost, always like the best? Almost always. Almost <laughs> always. So when you're in a day of shooting and you're like looking back at the photos as you're taking them, do you, will you come across one like as you're looking to, where you're like, this is going to be it. This is the perfect one. We can stop now. Or do you just keep going till the end? How does it go? I keep going till time runs out. Okay. I keep going till time runs out, but I think it's very important to show your models what you're shooting and give them some great feedback as well. And you'll, if you're on shoot with me, I'll be like, Oh, look at this one like yeah. and I'll just run over and show them or, or say how good it's going okay we got the shot this is what it is yeah because you want them to be excited and you can again tell on someone's face if they're uncomfortable or they don't really see the vision that it's going in and so a lot of time does get brought back into reviewing the photos yeah and I think even reviewing it post photo shoot where I come back to my studio and plug it into the computer and I'm looking at it then um, you have to disassociate and separate yourself a little bit and not be as judgmental or hard on yourself I think yeah and so it can be a tricky line what are some some tips that you've learned just from doing it so many times talking to models and like helping them through the day mm-hmm. like did you ever have some really challenging ones where it was really hard to get them to give you what you wanted yeah some <laughs> Some days yeah. and some people, they're just not feeling it. Um, I definitely had this one shoot where I could tell I just didn't pick the right music. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah. I could tell I didn't pick the right music, and I would try and switch it up, but I just we weren't connecting. Hmm. Um, what was the music that you started with? Oh, God. Probably some pop. I thought they were okay. all... <laughs> You know, some upbeat pop, yeah. something like yeah, that, fun. Um, that we could all relate to, and that was just not this girl's vibe whatsoever. <laughs> and it was hard. I did my best to, you know, help her loosen up and get some shots that she liked as well. Yeah. Um, but some some shoots can just be a miss. Some shoots can be a miss. I didn't even think about a music musical background for it, but that makes so much sense. So, in photography, you are the creator of your set. You have to set the mood, mm. the energy. So, just like talking with people and, and the, you know, reading them in the first couple seconds and seeing how you can make them feel comfortable, you also have to have the right atmosphere, the right music. Um, I'm all for doing the little 1% things that I can control to add up to Uh, like 50%. To make it comfortable. So even if it's, you know, dressing professionally, if I'm not showing up with pajamas or having my hair done or making sure the set is clean, the studio is clean, that the music is music that they like, that there's drinks, that there's water, Mm. that I'm communicating with them and everyone's been introduced and if I'm fixing with lights or my assistant is fixing with lights, that they're not bored yeah. or waiting or hot or tired. Because a lot of times in Savannah, especially in the summer, yeah. they'll do photo shoots so and it's boiling outside. So you have to think of like a place for them to be when it's in between times. Where are they going to change? And especially on location, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I once helped a friend out where she needed some clothes 
sold that she was selling on Poshmark. Mm-hmm. And we were in Bonaventure Cemetery. We were just changing in the back of her <laughs> Jeep or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> I like um, what you talked about where you're creating your set. It's almost like, like the set itself is an art form, too, that you've made. Yeah, you build it, you break it down. Yeah. It's fun. Are you kind of a connoisseur of, are you like a scavenger of going to places and finding different objects and fabrics and things for backdrops? (laughs) Is that a thing you're doing all the time just to have them on hand or like when you get an assignment? It's a little, when I get an assignment, I definitely search. It's a little less now when I was in school full time, uh, Goodwill every weekend Mm. or after class and you'll see your friends there. Um, But I have back, different backdrops, different fabrics. I love a good texture. Yeah. And even building this cardboard backdrop, it was just such a, it's a part of the whole process, but it's using such a different part of your brain. It makes it so worthwhile. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you about this because there was one, a few photos on your, either your site or your Instagram where there was this quote unquote cardboard castle backdrop mm-hmm. that just was now looking at it. So it's just all these different kind of, sheets of corrugated cardboard stuck together that looked really cool as a backdrop in these photos it's just a lot of depth and texture and different cardboards and I love that it turns out you made it yourself and it's just sitting here in the corner yeah exactly well I wanted um for that particular shoot it was for my fashion class with Tim Keating and I wanted to reminisce about dressing up in my mother's clothes when I was a kid (laughs) and personifying yourself and playing dress up and maybe it was inside of a cardboard box you know I used to sit in boxes full of styrofoam when I was a kid or make castles and paint it to be a red fire truck things like that so I just kind of went back to my roots and built this baby ripped up like 20 boxes (laughs) hot glued them all together like a hot mess so you've still had this uh this cardboard castle sitting around for over a year at this point I that was during school. Oh my gosh, I can't get rid of it. Yeah, I no. think it's. Well, you it has find, a special place in my heart. Like, will you find a way to reuse it for something in the future, or was it just very specific? I want to find a way to reuse it in the future. Yeah, maybe I'll just cover a wall in textured cardboard, and have it in like a dining room centerpiece or something. What would be so? We talked earlier about your lights and like using the umbrella to either refract refract things Mm -hmm. or, like, filter through. Does the cardboard do anything in particular with, like, absorbing lights or being weird because it's brown? Is it hard to change it? I haven't noticed it much. Um, If anything, it'll probably absorb light or just kind of reflect a little warmer on the subject. I'll have a black sheet that I'll cover one wall with as well to create negative space and just kind of suck in those shadows. It's so complicated. The study of so the study of light is essentially photography and it's so much fun when you get really deep into it and mm-hmm. how you can manipulate light and control light. A lot of people don't see that. They think you're just taking a photo and clicking a button. Yeah. When in reality, there's so many variables you can manipulate. It's so much fun. And all the things, so the control of light during the photography, and then you said during the editing, you're controlling the colors really granularly. Mm-hmm. Is this all just to like create a certain mood in the photo? Is that basically what it does? Yeah, to create your vision, really. You can, if I'm shooting something, a lot of times with restaurants and food, you'll see that harsh kind of sprite sunlight in the food. The Mexican food looks really textured. 
and the juice looks really, or the drink looks really uh, frosted and things mm -hmm. like that. There's so many different ways you can take that photo and light it in the sense of really hard light and harsh shadows and hard lines or something like an umbrella that's shoot through where it's almost you're in a cloudy day there's nothing really harsh you don't have any harsh shadows under your nose or yeah. your eyes there's a lot of little manipulations that you can do so almost so to do food it's it's like the opposite of shooting somebody's face like the food you want the really hard lighting yes okay mm -hmm. that's a good tip for all of us amateurs for the future yeah. of doing this if you ever need good selfie lighting just face a window <laughs> <laughs> um let's see you talked about Oh, so I, I kind of wanted to ask, um, you mentioned like before you went to SCAD that you kind of thought that it, you weren't really thinking art just because you kind of had been exposed to like drawing and painting and that wasn't really your thing. But mm -hmm. I didn't know if, while you were going through SCAD if the foundations classes, if the color theory class, like if that really struck yes. a bell for you. Because I mean, that only gets into like a certain amount of it, but I didn't know if you kind of were really soaking that up because it seems like that's a huge part of your practice now. Yes, I really enjoyed color theory. My... I think one of my finals in my color theory class was a set, a series of photos that I did, a series of portraits, and I matched them color to color. So found a wall that color, found a top that color, mm. um, freshman, little freshman me, um, and I took portraits of them. I have it still somewhere. That's cool. But that really opened up bright colors to me, and I also think I have certain pairings and colors that I always gravitate towards. Yeah. Especially, like, I love that aqua blue, hot, like, neon pink and a bright orange. Such a cool color. Yeah, you certain combos you love. Yeah, exactly. Or I, blue and reds. and. Yeah. I still have, I guess, still from color theory class, one of those little paper color wheels that you spin around. And you yeah. can be like, okay, I, I, this one will be a triad. This one will be a split complementary. And, like, working all those things out. And I still, I use that all the time. I feel like color theory you just use for your entire career. It's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Well, you have them in Lightroom, and you you pick your hues and your tones, and it's oh, just color okay. wheels. That's the program, Lightroom. Yes, yeah. Adobe, <laughs> shout out. Um, you mentioned it's somewhere, maybe on your Instagram or something, talking about, um, quote unquote, a treatment book. What is that? Oh, a treatment book is your process, and you glue it all together in a notebook, and so ripping out magazine pages not pictured is all the covered and ripped out magazine pages pages on my wall right now it's actually a thing I realized I do every time I move rooms or move into a new place is I'll start I won't put anything on my walls and by the end of the year I'll have hundreds of photos and okay. magazine pages taped up onto it and so a treatment book is that but you put it into a book and so it's it's notes on past photo shoots on lighting tips, mm. ideas, anything you kind of need it to be. Okay, so it's not like for one, it's not like the research for one project, it's your entire world kind of. For me, it's my entire world. You can do treatment books for brands and you should do treatment books. And I do a lot of pitch decks is what we call them. Um, just PowerPoint slides that break down the mood board, the look, who the models are, the demographic, the location, just mm -hmm. every information that you could need for a photo shoot. Essentially what you give to a brand or to a client to say, here's everything planned out. Mm -hmm. I love that. So you mentioned Photoshop. You're the second person I've talked to in the last few weeks who's mentioned using Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Or I'm sorry, not Photoshop, PowerPoint, which I didn't think that people were still using PowerPoint that much. 
Oh, really? PowerPoint yeah. is so good. I use PowerPoint all the time to collect, um, to put photo shoots together. Okay. Because it's, it's an easy practice to have a pitch deck or a treatment book of a shoot that you're going to shoot from start to finish, be able to send that to someone and say, here's the end result, here are the photos as well, because yeah. you're backing yourself up and showing them all this work that goes behind the photos that you shot and why you're valuable. Yeah, and so research. it's just great practice. I love that. I think, I guess, PowerPoint, it always had been like traditionally this really boring, staid, like office program, and it, you know became kind of a joke so I love that it seems like it's having this renaissance now just for creatives it's really cute I think some people use Canva which I use a lot of times okay yeah PowerPoint works PowerPoint works just fine (laughs) (laughs) um you have you had there was one photo in your Instagram that was like a portrait photo and you had this effect that you did on it where the model's hand was repeated three times and then there was sort of like a red spot treatment that you had done to it and I didn't know if that is a thing you do for a personal project or if that is like a thing that you would be allowed to do for a commercial shoot? Do they like things that artistic? That is a completely personal project um, that I just ended up doing one day. When I do get the break from work and school and stress and I just want to create and edit some photos, things like that happen. Yeah, it was very cool looking. Thank you, thank you. I love it a lot. And I don't know if I think once I've done enough of it, and it's successful and I have enough companies let me do it, Yeah. then there would be no problem if I wanted to do that for commercial photography because that would be my brand, right. my look, things like that. But to come out guns blazing and do that for companies, I don't yeah. think so. And I guess and you kind of you just had one photo that I noticed so far. I guess you'd need a lot of them so they can see that you're successful at it, not just one time Yeah. With different aspects. It was interesting. Is there Was there a particular concept behind that? I think it looks cool. I'm terrible. I should say yes, but I will say no. <laughs> Sometimes, again... It's just an experiment. Making pe- people feel cool. I love just yeah. making stuff that looks cool sometimes, and a lot of times it doesn't, but sometimes it turns out good. It kind of mimicked the look of maybe, like, like in an 80s... The kind of technology that they had oh, in the 80s from yes. music videos, or like maybe, like... Synthwave. Yeah. Yeah, like a little computer, whatever. Their pinnacle technology of, like, a little animated thing going... You said that work was very 80s, which no one has ever said to me. I know, and the breakers have this. I wanted, yeah, I mean, you talked about your colors and that color is so important to you. And your, I mean, both the portraits, but mostly the products that were like the lipsticks, the cosmetics, just the colors behind them and the glossiness and the like drops of water on them. It looks very 80s new wave to me. I love that. Cool. Thank you. I don't know if you get a lot of 80s media or anything. I guess I grew up on 80s rock. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was imagining. That probably just got into your head. Maybe I was watching Stranger Things that yes, quarter. Yes, yes. Yeah. There's a cool local synth band, Bero Bero, that has a really 80s aesthetic. Oh, like you could... you'll have to send that to me. Okay, yeah. You'd love her her wardrobe, and then their, their videos look really cool, too. And she plays a guitar. Oh, I'm so going to do think a photo shoot with her. <laughs> I, yeah, I love that. You should. I'm so going to do a photo shoot with her. <laughs> Um, can you talk a little bit about what's, um, so, so far in your, in your burgeoning freelance career as a commercial photographer, what's your favorite aspect of it so far and your least favorite? Ooh, okay. My favorite aspect and my least favorite aspect are the same thing, which is pushing myself. 
which I think is pushing myself. I have and derive so much joy from trying new things and trying to be better, trying to create. And it's also the most stressful. I think a lot of people can deal with imposter syndrome. And I was talking uh, to my friend, another SCAD grad who actually just graduated. And we were both talking about imposter syndrome and how can you affect you as an artist and sometimes stall you. But it's also that community that keeps you going and friends like that who say, hey, we all have it. Yeah. And it's just something you have to push through. You talked about um, applying to open calls and contests and things like that. Mm-hmm. Is it so? Do you you have to push yourself to do it? Yeah, totally. It, yeah. No, I have to. <laughs> there's a lot of internal whining in my head. No, <laughs> um, it's definitely just what's the worst they can do? They could say no, right? And that's okay. Every artist has so many rejections. Every artist has yeah. so many rejections. When I was younger, my mom sent me an article, and it was, try instead of trying to get 100 guesses, try your hardest to get 100 no's and yeah. see how hard it actually is. <laughs> <laughs> I used to kind of collect them, maybe like a while ago, it would be before email was so prevalent, you'd get like a paper letter in the mail with mm-hmm. your polite denial, and my friends and I, we'd all be like, we're saving all of our denial letters, and we're going to like string them up on a clothesline and see just like how long yes. our rejection letters would be if we I all looked at that. them. <laughs> Um, who would be your, going forward, who's some dream clients that you'd love to work with? Uh, I, my friends know I always say this. I want to shoot the cover of Rolling Stone. Okay. <laughs> that is what I want to do. I would love to do that. Is it a particular artist or band that you want to shoot? Or you just love that idea? Um, you know, I love that idea, but I'll say Dave Grohl because Dave Grohl's Rolling Stone cover is one that I've had in my childhood bedroom for ages, along with Adele, um... And that would just be really cool. That's really... I love that. That's so specific. Mm-hmm. You should put together a treatment book and reach out to him. Definitely. Pitch him. <laughs> that, that's your next open call. Yeah. He's just writing to Dave Grohl and solicit Just writing to Dave Grohl and say, hey, <laughs> you should let me take your photos. <laughs> <laughs> you have... Um, this is switching the subject, but you have some product photography where it's like like an item of makeup or cosmetics that's leaning over and it's in water. Mm-hmm. I'm so intrigued by this. Tell oh my us, gosh. how do we achieve okay. this crazy Lots effect? of Photoshop, lots of clone <laughs> stamping. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, you have to get it. So behind that little Neutrogena bottle tipped over in water, which by the way, that's about five different photos put together. It's the Neutrogena thing, uh, container, is stuck together with putty glue and popsicle sticks that we then then zip-tied to a C-stand arm that is holding this container, and it was very unstable, so we could not shake the table at all, Okay. into a clear container, a shallow clear container of water. That is then, that clear container is laying on top of a holographic vinyl, so that's really colorful, so you get all these colors coming in. Yeah. And while we're shooting while it's staying tilted in the water i'm shooting and i'm having someone pour water over it as well or pour water in front of it to get the ripples of the water in the forefront and then you're also trying to get enough splashes that don't break the logo 
<laughs> yeah, or knock the bottle over. Or knock the bottle over. And you also want to put it all together. And so you have it on a, your camera on a tripod and you can't move anything. You can't. I'm such a clumsy person in the yeah. studio. It's very hard for me. You just have to make sure your camera stays still. So in Photoshop, you can composite all, all of it together. And then and it, you said you were shooting through a clear container of water, but even a clear container, it's like there's going to be reflections and the curve of it on the edge and stuff. Yeah, so there weird. was a lip, and so I had to Photoshop all of that out. <laughs> wow. Um, I had to Photoshop all of that out so you don't, you don't see in the background there's a clear, like, lip of the container. Yeah. Um, you don't see the sides of the container. You don't see the giant silver arm. You don't see the reflection of the silver arm in wow. the water. Um. Yeah, so you, when you're looking at things editing, you have to break down what is, like, actually part of that image and should stay in versus what was a weird reflection of an yes, object. Yes, exactly. How was that? Um, was that for school? That what? was for school. And then you have to light it. And so... <laughs> yeah. So, it's not, I mean, it sounds like conceiving of that and setting up all these different things. And, like, the holographic page underneath sounds incredible. Did they teach you to do that, or do you just have to figure that out? No, I just, I was just experimenting. Okay. Um, so all that takes so much time, and then how like how long did it take to edit all that? Do you remember? Uh, well, you're in SCAD classes, so I probably do it in a night. If okay. I, <laughs> I probably have done it till four a.m. in the morning, and then turned it in at eight a.m. or nine a.m. That sounds like maybe that was one of your most technically challenging things that you've done so far. Yes, that was very very fun. I mean, it's very impressive looking, but <laughs> I, probably nobody even you, you look at it and you're like, "What a cool photo!" And then you flip the yeah, magazine page to the next page. Wow, that's incredible. <laughs> I start making photos of this before and afters. <laughs> I would like just photos of the shoot of you guys setting that all up. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, amazing. Um, what's what's coming up next for you? What's coming up next growing for your me. business somewhat? Um, I am most likely going to go full-time freelance and do it that way. That's fantastic. Yeah, I'm very, very, very excited. You've reached a tipping point. I've definitely clients. reached a tipping point. I've spent my year post-college debating and just letting the water settle before seeing what I want to go do. Yeah. And now I'm just ready to slingshot myself into... <laughs> I mean, that's great. That's, it's not very much time at all to take you to get to that place. Um, and we're, so we're sitting in your studio at Sulphur Studios. Do you ever... Is there a way that people can buy any prints of your work? Or are you ever going to like have it displayed? Or have when they do their open studios where people can... I would love to. I think if you want any of my work, you can just email me or DM me. I yeah? Mean, I'll probably just give you a free print. Oh. <laughs> or if anything, we'll trade prints. Um... I do have an Etsy that sells not a lot of my photos, but just some graphic work that I'm working on building on, which okay. is Stone Sunlight, the shop is called. And I'll, I'll put links to all your Yeah, it's so a shop Etsy, Stone Sunlight. Okay. I'll update some stuff in there if anybody wants anything. But So you do have the capability to make prints of your work? Yes, you I want. do have the capability okay. to make prints of my work if I want, which is probably something I should be doing. I mean, yeah, you do so much work to make this image, and then you 
can just like have all this passive income coming in because the images are very but very well, cool. People would like well, it. Well, people want an eighty style photo of lipstick. Yeah, I want it. I want that one. <laughs> a Neutrogena uh, Hydro I want Gel. Maybe in water. I, I want the really eighties lipstick, and I want the one with the cardboard castle. You want the one with the cardboard castle? Yes. I'll do that for you. Thank you. That would be amazing. <laughs> okay, Anna. Um. Oh, this has been delight. So interesting and fascinating and technical. Any final words that you want to leave with us about your artistic endeavors in Savannah or anything you want to say about Savannah? Um, Savannah is such a magical place. I think even if you don't realize it, when you do step into Savannah, things shift and the people that are supposed to come into your life creatively do. And I think it's a great place to expand yourself and grow. I thought that was a lovely sentiment to leave us with. Thank you. Everyone, this has been Anna Youngbird, and I will, of course, put links to all your work in our liner notes so they can check it out and see all these things that we were describing. So thank you very much for being with me. Thank you. You are listening to WRUULP, Savannah, Georgia, 107.5 FM. We are Savannah Soundings, community radio with a global soul.